Welcome to the Alcohol Minimalist Podcast. I am your host, Molly Watts. If you want to change your drinking habits and create a peaceful relationship with alcohol, you're in the right place. This podcast explores the strategies I used to overcome a lifetime of family alcohol abuse, more than 30 years of anxiety and worry about my own drinking, and what felt like an unbreakable daily drinking habit. Becoming an alcohol minimalist means removing excess alcohol from your life so it doesn't remove you from life. It means being able to take alcohol or leave it without feeling deprived. It means to live peacefully, being able to enjoy a glass of wine without feeling guilty and without needing to finish the bottle. With science on our side, we'll shatter your past patterns and eliminate your excuses. Changing your relationship with alcohol is possible. I'm here to help you do it. Let's start now. Well, hello and welcome or welcome back to the Alcohol Minimalist Podcast with me, your host, Molly Watts, coming to you from a still dark Oregon this morning. <laughs> I'm recording this early, uh, right after Daylight Savings Time started, and it's one of those, you know, when Daylight Savings Time starts, you're still trying to adjust and it's still dark. It was still dark when I started to record this. Yikes. I am so excited to share this week's podcast with you. I asked Mary Hickey Reed, the executive director of Moderation Management, to rejoin me. She hasn't been on the show in almost a year now, and lots has happened for both of us in terms of our work with both Moderation and um, I've gotten way more involved and she's been such a great support. And I really just wanted to talk a little bit about some of the myths and truths about moderation management. And I love this podcast. I love this episode. And we're also sharing some great information on Kickstart, which is coming up here for moderation in April. So here is my conversation with Mary Hickey Reed. Good morning, Mary. Thank you so much for being back on the podcast. It has been a while since you were on the show, probably about a year ago, I think that you and I first connected and seems like a lot longer, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, yeah, it does. And it's great to be back. And you and I have worked together in other areas. And it's been a it's been a productive year. For it both has of been. Us. Yeah, a big year, big year. In fact, I was just reflecting before we jumped on about dryuary. So Folks, for those of you that didn't participate in Dryuary this year, I hope you will next year. But Dryuary 2022, if I'm not mistaken, Mary, was the biggest for MM for moderation management since moderation started really supporting that event. It was. We had over 1,200 people sign up this year, which is probably small, you know, compared to the ones that happen in the UK and Australia and such that are kind of government. Uh, sponsored dryuaries, but we're pretty proud of that. It's grown every year. Yeah, it's grown every year. It was a big jump from where I went for where I first jumped in in 2021. I know it was a real substantial percentage wise. It was a big jump. So, and we're going to do even greater things in 2023 folks. So stick around, come with us and um, participate next year. Well, I wanted to have you back on the show we're going to talk later about Kickstart, which is another moderation program that's getting ready to get going here in April. But before we get there, I said to you, I want to have a conversation kind of about the truths and the myths of moderation management, because 
there's a lot. I get a lot of them. I get a lot of questions from people. I get a lot of, I see a lot of posts that are kind of from people that don't really understand or they're questioning things. And I think there's a little bit of confusion. So, and there's just some, some stories that exist about moderation that I think we want to address. And so uh, first and foremost, I know this is, um, this is something that you and I talked about in terms of just the elephant in the room, I guess, is what I will have to call it, because I think that that's when you're talking about moderation and people wondering about its origins, we cannot skip around the stories of Audrey Kishline. And so let's talk a little bit about Audrey and the Audrey Kishline. For those of you that don't know, she was the founder of moderation management and uh, went on to have a, a pretty sad story. So, and, and people associate that with moderation and they don't, they don't even know they, they hear it. It's kind of like an urban myth. Is this true? So tell me, Mary, is it true? What happened with Audrey Kishline? Yeah, it is true. Now it's, it, it's funny because we used to be, anytime you saw a mention of moderation management in any publication or an online publication, the first comment that you would always see is like, oh yeah, that worked really well for Audrey, didn't it? And uh, some of that's kind of gone away and a lot of people don't know her story anymore, but uh, for a long time, that was our legacy. And it, uh, like you said, we can't skirt around it. Uh, we, we, we address it on our website. So Audrey founded, um, MM in 1994, 95, I think, somewhere in that time. And, you know, I can remember, I actually remember when she was going on the talk shows and I saw her and, and she was on Bill Donahue and some of the big talk shows back in those days. And I thought, wow, this is, this is for me. Finally, there's, you know, I was already, I was in my maybe early thirties, late twenties. I was already worried about my drinking, but I didn't want to give it up. So, um, but I also remember it was very controversial at the time. You know, everybody, AA, 12-step was really all that was around. And um, uh, everyone said, well, oh, my gosh, this is this is going to be disastrous. This is going to have all the alcoholics that have been in AA for years are now going to start drinking. And everybody that really needs to join AA is going to just fool themselves by thinking they can moderate. And plus, you know, recovery is big money. It's big business. And yeah. so all of those people were, let's just say she didn't have a whole lot of support. From a government for a nonprofit, or... for a nonprofit, <laughs> lay led. Right. Yeah, right. Right. Lay led. So uh, she struggled and she kept at it. And as I, I, I'm the executive director now, 20 some years later, and um, I, I'm, I'm impressed by the groundwork that she laid for it and the work she did to start it. Then um, I was not involved in, in those years. I became involved after, in 2010, 2010 or 2011, which was shortly after her uh, tragedy. And what happened was, uh, and she's written several, she wrote a, one book at least after this incident. So you can read about that. But um, in her own words, she, um, she was struggling with moderation. And, um, and anything I say here is not an excuse for what she did. There is no excuse for what she did. Right. And, um, but maybe it's, it's what I think is my insights into why it happened. You know, she was struggling. Here she had introduced this, this new organization that was very controversial and she was felt like, um, you know, it was, she needed to succeed as a founder. She needed to be able to succeed at moderating. Right. What was it going to look like if she couldn't, you know, how could she admit to anybody that she wasn't succeeding, which she was struggling 
And uh, and she finally did admit to the people in moderation management. I think we had the lists are going and probably the forum at that time. And she did come on and admit saying, it's not working for me. Uh, I support you, those of you who are uh, still trying to moderate, but it, it's not working for me. And I don't know if she left the community com- completely then, but she, and the stories are, again, these are stories I've heard, right. not directly from her, is that she joined AA. Uh, I don't know if she did or not. But uh, at some point, I think in 2010, I think was the year she uh, she drove drunk uh, and went the wrong way on the freeway and uh, ended up killing a, a man and his young daughter. And so she went to prison after that. And she came back and she actually joined the MM again. And I was a member at this time. She didn't interact a whole lot. She was a, active in the MM Absurds group. It's a subgroup of people of MM who have chosen to abstain. And I was in that group at that time. Um, she was still struggling with drinking. And uh, uh, anyway, so she went on to write books and she went on a book tour with the, the woman, the mother of this, this girl, young girl that she killed. And then eventually, as I said, still struggling with her drinking and eventually committed suicide. I'm not sure what year that was, but uh, yeah. uh, 2012, somewhere between 2012 and 2014, I think. Yeah. So, so, and really just an underscore of something that I talk about. And I know um, Dr. D. Jaffe talks about in his work, this idea that if you don't treat the underlying um, mental health issues and the mental, the mental side of why people are drinking. If you focus on just the substance and not, you know, controlling the substance and not really getting to the root cause, it sounds like Audrey never really was able to figure out what was driving her to, you know, to continue to, to abuse alcohol in a way that was, Mm -hmm. that's clearly not, um, the goals of moderation. And, and for some people, and this is, you brought up the abstainers. Uh, this is another, I guess, and we'll go right into that myth about uh, one of those myths and untruths about MM is that abstinence and sober living is somehow not encouraged or frowned upon in moderation. So, or, or that, you know, you're an outcast if you're, uh, if you're a sober, if you're sober or an abstainer, is that, would you say, I mean, that's clearly not the case right. at all. Not at all. And I can, I can say that with yeah, right. fortitude because uh, I, I abstained with, the, with, the, with MMS, my support group for eight years. And, um, uh, and they actually made me the executive director during that time when I was abstaining, I am now exploring moderation again, but um, so we do, we do support people who choose to ab- abstain. A lot of people lose their fear of abstinence through moderation management because we do uh, include absent days as a moderation plan. So uh, we, we kind of feel like we're a gateway. We get people who are not ready or don't be ready to abstain in the door to support. And, and eventually they are able to choose their, the paths right for them. So that's moderation or absence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get, I get, I like that. I like that idea, that whole, while you're exploring and trying to figure out your, your correct path or your, you know, best relationship with alcohol, um, moderation is a great for people, especially who, again, the focus doesn't need to be completely on what, whether or not you choose. And I just taught, I just did a, 
episode on this, you know, which path is right for you isn't the right question to be asking all the time. It's at first you got to figure out your your own the reasons that you're drinking, which is kind of what we were just talking about. So another mm-hmm. another um, one of these um myths actually because it is pretty clear if you look on the website you can find it, but people like to say that the moderation goals or limits or recommended guidelines aren't clear for people that they aren't clear as to what they are. That's not true. They are pretty clear on the website in terms of what the guidelines are for recommended drinking. But tell me why people think that, or why, why do you think people think that it's not clear? I think I can understand why people say it's not clear because they are guidelines. They Mm -hmm. are not limits, you know, unlike abstinence, Mm -hmm. you know, which has one limit, which is zero. Our guidelines are, are what we say recommendations. You know, we're even thinking about changing the word of get guidelines or the steps, the recommendations. And some people will decide that their drinking is that they're okay with their, their drinking at a higher level than what the guidelines are at a reduced level from when they started EMM. But, um, but, but maybe higher than what our, what, what we, our guidelines say is healthy. And then some people will decide, you know, really, I don't, I don't want to drink that much. I mean, they're guidelines. They're not saying our goals. They're not goals. They're not the limits. And so they may say, I may, I don't want to drink that much. I don't, I want to drink uh, by the NIAA. Yeah. Which is what I talk about here is the, I talk about. Standards of one drink a week or drink very occasionally, you know, just for special. Yeah. And I, you know, that I, over on my, here at, on the alcohol minimalist, I definitely talk about the low risk guidelines, which are, are, are from the NIAAA and neither here nor there in terms of, they are just slightly different than the moderation management guidelines. Um, I just stick to those because they are considered to be low risk and they are evidence-based. So that's where my goals and that's, you know, but I talk about it all the time here. I talk about creating a peaceful relationship with alcohol and much to your point that for some people is going to be zero. That is for some people, they are going to be happiest and at most peace when they are at zero. But the premise of moderation is to give people some, some, you know, some bumper rails on the, in the, in the alleys to kind of set you up, but then you are finding your own comfort level and your own peaceful relationship, your own best moderation plan. If it's excessive, you're not going to feel, you're going to, you know, there's going to be side effects that are going to be unpleasant that you're going to not like. And it's, it's, you know, that's the, the bottom line when you, when you drink to excess, it's never pleasant for most people, you know? And so that's, you'll figure that out, I guess, is my point is you'll figure that out on your own. Eventually, if you are really working the steps and you're working the program, and you're really trying to figure out how to reduce your drinking. The guidelines are based on a study by Martha Sanchez Craig. And that was back in the early late 80s or early 90s again. And uh, she said that women could drink 16 drinks a week and women could drink 14, I believe. And when I first read Audrey's first book that came out, Moderate Drinking, I think that's what her guidelines were in that book, if I remember right. It's been a long time. And then somehow along the line, the National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcohol Studies, or whatever it is, is uh, they decided to support moderation or responsible drinking. And they came out with their guidelines. 
And so MM kind of fell in line with their guidelines at the time, which was what we have now, the nine drinks a week for women and the uh, 13 drinks a week for men. But uh, when they further reduced it to the one drink a day, we did not reduce that for the women. Yeah. Yeah. What's, which, what's, what I think is interesting is that I think that the, it's 14 for men. So it's fair on the NIA. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. So <laughs> it's like, not quite. Anyway. Um, but anyhow, there's, it, it's because they aren't, so I, I guess the, the, the takeaway there is the guidelines are clear. They're not limits, they're guidelines. So they are recommendations. And that's why maybe it's not, it feels unclear is because it isn't as it isn't zero, just like you said, and it's not strict by the book because that's not really MM's purpose, nor is it their kind of just the overall feel of the organization. Another point to that, I think would be that there is so it's funny because it's like, there's not a recommendation there, or there's not a limit. There's not there, but at least when I started, I think there was in the, um, in the content on the website, um, something from the, from yesteryear about a mandatory, I don't know if mandatory is the right word, 30 day abstinence period recommended. So let's talk about that. Is there a mandatory 30 day abstinence period? Well, there, no, there is not. And there's not really a mandatory anything in MM, but I do remember when I joined that the, the 30 day was really, uh, a pushed and strongly uh, encouraged, strongly <laughs> encouraged. And it was the first thing you saw when you came on the site, you know, the first kind of step in there, you got to get a 30 day absence period. And it kept me joined from joining MM for many years because I knew I couldn't do a 30 day abstinence period. And so, we have actually just recently moved that down. It, we still we still place value on it. We still think there is value in taking a long abstinence period, but we don't recommend it as it's not one of our first recommendations anymore. So we don't want people not to join MM, not to get support because they're afraid of that 30 day abstinence period. Yeah. I would think I would have been, I think I was probably right in your same shoes. I wouldn't have, I, I well, I never, I kind of backed into MM anyways, because I came in during dryuary. So I, I waited until I was ready for a 30 day period, but not, but not because I wasn't ready to join previously. Um, all right. So here's one that's, I think a great myth. And I think it's worth, again, worth discussing. You have to attend meetings either virtually or in person to be successful with moderation. Is that true, Mary? <laughs> it is. It is not true, you know, and uh, that is one of the reasons I joined them out. And one of the reasons I didn't join AA, because I, I at that time I was when I joined him, I was a heavy drinker. And, and I'm sure if I had taken the self-test, it would have said your, your chances of success are very low at moderating. And I probably would have joined AA except for their emphasis on meetings. I just, I'm not a person that uh, likes to go to meetings. And uh, um, so I knew that wasn't something I would succeed at. So I came to MM and there was, I actually joined the AA group online. And I said, you know, I, I want to change my drinking, blah, blah, blah. I just don't want to go to me. I just can't go to meetings. And they said, well, you have to go to meetings. And so then I joined MM and, uh, you know, we, we, didn't have regular meetings that when I joined face-to-face -face was, was still our standard meeting mm -hmm. and they, they weren't very many, you know, they were in the big cities, New York city and LA, not out in the little podunk areas that I lived. So, so that wasn't possible. So we had, 
the chats uh, every night. And I didn't even want to do those. I probably didn't do any of those for two years until they asked me to lead one. And then came the video meetings. And you know how I feel about video. But uh, <laughs> so to me, the people that just they, they join, they join and all they do is meetings. To me, that's just an enigma. You know? yeah. like, oh, my gosh. And then we have people that never go to meetings and that, you know, everybody yeah. picks where their, their comfort zone. That's a, well, so there, there I am. Right. So I've never attended the moderation meeting, although I have, you know, I have people that have listened to my podcast, uh, people that I, that are in my Facebook group that go to the meetings that love them. I know some of the moderation I know. I mean, I've met through our work on the back end of moderation. I've met uh, some of the leaders of the meetings. I love beige and it's, you know, there's, and so I guess my point here is there's real benefit there and they're free and go. I mean, they're really honestly great. And nowadays we have lots of meetings across the, the week and the time frames in terms of virtual meetings. I mean, we've all, you know, gosh, gotten so, you know, virtual meetings are <laughs> second nature to everyone now after this right. crazy pandemic, but um, you know, it's really a, a, such a, a wonderful benefit. And they're not the same type of meetings as I think that people worry about. You're certainly not going to have to stand up and say, tell your story or share your experience. If you don't want to, you just can sit there and listen if you'd like to and get a whole lot of benefit. Exactly. You know, you have that. We, I always tell the people at my meeting on Wednesdays, that's, uh, you know, if you just want to listen, that's fine. Send me a, a private chat or just put it out there. So as I, or a lot of people just put it in their name. They change their name to Bonnie. I'm just listening or something. Right. So I don't call on them. But I think they, they get pretty comfortable pretty fast because they realize we're not up there saying, oh, I've, I've all, I'm a success. And here's what I do every week. Uh, you know, luckily we have success stories there, you know, intertwined, but we all go through our struggles and those are usually what gets shared. So I think, I think it makes people comfortable that they can share what they're struggling with. But just to note folks, you don't, if you're a non-meeting person, there's lots of ways to be involved with moderation. Tell me just about a few of those, Mary, different ways that people get support at MM that are not meeting based. Okay. I will. We have, we have two private, private online communities that have been around in AMM for a long time. And the, the beauty of these uh, communities, our forum and our listserv is that you can, you can communicate and uh, interact in these communities totally anonymously. Mm-hmm. You can you, you use a fictional username. Nobody knows who you are. Nobody has access to any personal information. And, uh, and, and they're small communities. They're very close knit. Everybody knows everybody that's been there for a while. You're not going to see, uh, you know, thousand people on there posting and everything. You're just you're going to have check-ins. And I like these communities because you are able to do the check-ins. Our listserv has a sticky roster every day, and it's the most popular thing. And everybody waits for that sticky roster. And if you're not involved in MM, the sticky roster means basically you're just committing to abstain for that day. So Peggy, our sticky roster later gets on every morning that says who's on the sticky today or who's on my fridge. There's a story behind it. Um, and, and, you know, people jump on it. They're waiting for that first thing in the morning. So we're able to do a little more of that in our, our smaller communities, the forum and the listserv. And then we have our online private Facebook group. And, you know, with Facebook, we, there's only so many security measures that are in place there. So you have to be 
if you join that, uh, you know, you're most people are aware of the limits of Facebook's security and anonymity, even if it's a private group. Um, it's big it's a, and it grows all the time. It's very active. We have over 5,100 people on it and 4,100 of those people are active. So there's a yeah. lot of posting. There's a lot of discussion going on and uh, uh, it's good. And we have, we also have our MM Absur Lister. We still have that group, a subgroup of people that just decided to abstain for the foreseeable future. Most of us don't say forever when we choose to, to abstain, but some do. Um, and then we have an MM Absur's private Facebook group also. And we also have the, the uh, core groups too. That's right. Which is we another, do. yeah, which is just something that I, some of one of my, uh, folks told me about, uh, which I hadn't been familiar with. And so I was like, wow, that's amazing. That's so awesome. And it's just, just kind of just starting to, to take hold, but, um, proven to be, I know at least from the people that listen to, to my show that have told me about it, that are involved very, very, they, they really enjoy it. Good. Good. And that's always good to hear because we kind of let our core groups operate on their own. And uh, the core group came about because we do get the question, and I know we were going to discuss this later, yeah. Molly, about <laughs> whether MM has sponsors. And we do not have sponsors because we feel that uh, we feel like there's there's strength in, in numbers. And we also feel that uh, all of us are on the journey. And uh, so we have our, our highs and our lows. And to put somebody not responsible, but in, in, a, in a position of responsibility for someone else's recovery or moderation is a lot of pressure. So we don't, we don't do that. It's, uh, but we did uh, establish core groups a year ago or two, somewhere in there. And uh, these are small groups of four to five people that interact just with themselves, that small group. They decide how they're going to communicate, how often they're going to communicate. And it just gives them a little more accountability and a little bit smaller uh, group to interact with. Yeah. And like I said, that's what I've heard. And they just really, really enjoy that personalized, you know, that there's just that smaller connection. And I do appreciate the fact that it isn't a quote unquote sponsor. I really don't like that terminology at all. I really kind of hate it that, but, but <laughs> I, but, you know, it's just so ingrained in the AA culture mm -hmm. that, um, but I really appreciate the fact that we step away from that. And I think a core group is a much better, happier kind of supportive and, and aligns much more in tune with what moderation is. Okay. So <laughs> this is a funny, this is a funny myth, I guess, to me, but I think it's true, but I, but we, we get it, we hear it. So they, people will say, I've never heard of moderation management before. Is it new? <laughs> Which I think it's just, I mean, I thought that I, I mean, I feel like I had heard maybe because I guess, because I grew up as an adult child of an alcoholic. So I guess I was familiar with different organizations in alcohol for my whole life. But do you hear that, Mary? Do you hear from people like, yeah. is this new? We do. And I'm always surprised, you know, because <laughs> I, uh, I think because I was concerned about my drinking early, I was out there looking, you know, for, for options, not necessarily joining them, but I was always kind of looking. And so I knew about NM. And then, you know, it was because I, and, and then it got put in the news again when Audrey accident yeah. happened because it was in people and it was across the news. So I thought, well, everybody must know, but we do now we, every day I hear, I didn't know there was anything out here like that. And so I guess I can explain it. <laughs> in a couple why give a couple reasons one is because we're a very we're a small nonprofit, and um 
we don't get government help and and so we don't have the money to advertise so yeah. a lot and uh, um, so so the word doesn't get out there except through ours and then uh, you know and, and the thing with Aubrey I think you know we kind of kind of were making strides and then kind of went back behind kind of went quiet for a while trying to reorganize and 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 get back on you know some solid ground under our feet yeah agreed interestingly I just want this is a total aside because I didn't talk about this in our when we were discussing this, this, um, interview, but I think that really, truly lately, the last couple of years, all of this sober curious and mindful drinking stuff is actually also probably spurring some of the interest and the, the refinding Mm -hmm. of moderation. Would you agree? I would agree. And I would agree that uh, that's great that, you know, I'm, you're probably more, uh, aware and informed about the sober curious because it to me I, when when I've read about it it, it is more, mostly abstinence based so I, I don't know what the difference is between them and abstinence based or I, I, so because um, what I've read it it is that they really do tend to to promote abstinence mm-hmm. but maybe I'm wrong about that I do see some of the uh, some other groups that are out there that you know that aren't really saying that they're abstinence based and they're but uh, but basically, to me, I kind of get that their 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 main focus is trying to get people towards abstinence. But yeah, um, but it has helped us. Yes, it has. That people are, it's it's become popular, <laughs> right? To be mindful, anyways, it's popular. Exactly, so that's, that's excellent. All mm-hmm. right, so we talked about the fact that there are no sponsors. Um, are there steps to moderation? Are there steps like that? Everybody's so familiar with the 12 steps of AA, right. or I mean, at least, well, I don't, shouldn't say everybody's familiar, but that's, I, I think that we're, I mean, it's, it is when we talk about uh, the foundational basis of those 12 steps and how influential they mm-hmm. are in the recovery industry, which is a mega dollar industry as well. Um, I feel like people are very familiar with the 12 steps. Are there steps to moderation? You know, on if you go to our website, you will see our nine steps to change. And uh, again, we're rediscussing that because steps mean for us, we're kind of looking at the definition of people how to, how people define steps, and that means to the, us, it seems like you have to do this first, and then this, and then this, and then this. And we don't want that. And uh, uh, and it's one of the things that drew me to Emmy is because I'm like, design my own recovery, but I wanted people to support that. So we do have steps on, there. you know, basically they're, they're easy steps. And, and we've changed the wordage that says, you know, when you're comfortable, you can do this, or you can do these in any order. Um, so it gives a lot of independence to what anybody's recovery looks like. Now, I feel like that's a strength, but there were times when I was really struggling. When I first joined MM, I really wanted somebody to say, you know, you really need to do this. (laughs) And we really frown on anybody telling anybody else what they need to do, you know? So, uh, so that's one thing MM is you're not going to hear. And if somebody says you, if you hear one of our members say, or you see somebody post to someone else that you need to do this, you're going to see us on there pretty quickly to say, we don't tell each other what to do. We just share what what works for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's, it's a big difference. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, I, that I have my own Facebook group is because in that I can tell people, this is what, you know, this is what I recommend. This is what my, mm-hmm. um, but, but still at the bottom heart, at the heart of it all, it's really what I've done and what I did and how I right. got to where I am. So it's still the same kind of 
thought process. And, and, but I do appreciate that about MM. There aren't, you know, it's not, uh, we don't hit people over the head with a hammer and say, do it this way. And there's only mm -hmm. one way. Um, and I think that's one of the things that I've always struggled with. And one of the reasons that I would have never even set foot in a set foot in the AA door is that I wasn't going to, there was never going to be someone telling me that you have, you, you know, you're powerless, that you have to do it this way. Um, and I've never felt that way from MM ever that it's just, you know, it's really about empowering people. And that's what I love. Um, Okay. So last myth before we talk a little bit about kickstart and I know what you're going to say, because I know this is true. Is it possible for someone who's been sober for many years to become a successful moderator? Well, I, yes, no, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> look at me stuttering over myself. As I said, I, you know, I abstained for eight years and I was happy abstaining, um, but I never said forever. And uh, at one point when we started we, I started leading the kickstarts. I thought, here I am talking about all these moderation tools and I'm an abstainer. And, uh, you know, why don't I explore it again? And I'm not going to say it was perfect from the start. Abstaining does not train you for moderation. It's, it's, it's totally different toolbox. And um, so it, there were some stumbles, but I, I feel like I'm successful now. I feel like I'm, I've reached the point where I am comfortable. I'm no longer afraid. Of drinking. Um, I have my limits. I know my limits. I stop at my limits. And uh, so, so yes, I think that's a success story. We have a, you see, I was, I actually went and looked for it today. We have a buy the book uh, roster. You know, we have rosters that people sign up for. So every week, the people that do buy the book sign on. And we have people that have 4,000 days of buy the book moderation. We have people that have 2,000. We have people that are resetting, you know, because they, 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 they broke their streak. But yes, we've had people that join after several years of ab abstinence and then moderate. Now, 100% successful? I don't know. I kind of doubt it. Yeah. But uh, successful enough that they're they're continuing on with it. We have a uh, we have a special meeting, especially just for those people that are have abstained for a long time and are either exploring moderation and are or are thinking about exploring moderation. And Again, one thing, again, we support people in what their choices are, and we're not going to push moderation on anybody. And uh, uh, I think I always, I probably to be the voice of caution on people that come from a, a long period of abstinence and yeah. think they want to drink again. I'm the one that maybe tries to talk them out to be very truthful about it, because, you know, the one thing I learned is that the one, the one myth I had in my head about it when I decided to moderate again is that, you know, well, if it doesn't work for me, I can just have it that way. Once you reintroduce alcohol back into your life, it is not easy to get it back out. It's probably easier than it was the first time, but it's still not easy. And uh, so they, they need to keep that in mind, I think, you know. Yeah. That they're yeah. opening a door that does that isn't may not be as easy to shut as they think it will be. Very interesting. Yeah. And I don't, and I, you know, I always I talk a lot about it from a scientist, from a scientific base here. I talk about it from a physical health, mental health, financial health, all of these reasons. And I'm always very clear, folks. So let's be clear about it right now. 
I am certainly, we are never going to encourage anyone that is happily sober, happily alcohol free to reinduce, reintroduce alcohol into their lives because there is no, there is no proven clinically 100% safe level from alcohol other than zero. That's just, that's just the, the, exactly. the fundamentals. That's the bottom line. So this is not an encouragement for anyone that is sober or alcohol free living to reintroduce alcohol, but I do, we do get the question because that is something that people do seek it. And I will go back to saying that again, from, from Dr. Jaffe and the abstinence myth, the idea isn't necessarily that, that you, you know, because many people who stop drinking successfully turn to something else to buffer away those emotions, whether they overeat or they smoke or they gamble or they do, do something else. You have to address the reasons that you're abusing any substance, any substance, whether that's alcohol or something else or an, an activity or a behavior, because you have to address what's going on emotionally and where what's happening underneath it to be successful period in terms of whether you're moderating alcohol, whether you're moderating food, whether you're moderating social media, whatever it is that you might be, um, you know, your, your substance of choice. Right. So, but at having said that, I just want to say that there are lots of, and Mary's just one example, but there are lots of people that are successfully moderating in moderation, whether they come from an abstinence based background or whether they simply have gotten to a point where they're looking at their alcohol choices and thinking, I need to make a change here. There are thousands of examples of people who are very successful and myself included. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely, I would be in the, I don't know, thousand days club, I'm sure by now of successful moder if I'm sticking to moderation rules mm -hmm. or limits, guidelines, not going to say rules. Gosh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh -huh. And I, I, I want to go back to the Speaking of that, I want to, I want to Audrey and, you know, the fact that so many times our, our naysayers, the first thing is, yeah, but Audrey, it didn't work for us. That's, that's to say it won't work for anybody. And, uh, you know, Audrey is our tragedy. Audrey's our, our horror story. In the 12 years that I've been involved with him, I am sure we've had people that have been arrested for DUIs. I'm sure we've had people that have had wrecks and anybody that's in a recovery organization, those are just part of of a recovery right. organization. I mean, and and we haven't had another tragedy to so to sit there and 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 judge and and shine the light on Audrey and think that light shines on all of us is it as unfair as saying, uh, you know, all of us have seen people that have uh, had second DUIs or triple DUIs or got into accidents that killed people and they've had more than one DUI and and it's pretty standard across the board that people that have DUIs as part of their court mandated, you have to uh, uh, attend and most of the time 12 step meetings. Right. So, you know, that, that there's that too, you know, and, and nobody says, well, AA doesn't work because this person was, had been, you know, been to right. a 12 step meeting, but, right. uh, and that's not saying AA doesn't work for everybody that works for a lot of people. It's just that you can't paint any any one organization with one color brush. And so uh, we have successes. We have people that struggle. That's, a, that's just the name of the game when you're in recovery. Yeah, uh, well put, so. well put. Mary, we are, this is a, we've been on here forever. We could probably talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. We, 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 we know we can't. <laughs> yes, right? we know we can't. 
Before we leave, let's talk about Kickstart because I Kickstart is happening. It's starting in April. It's a fantastic month-long program of support. Um, and on the website, it says that the early bird discount expires on March 15th, but we talked about it. This episode is dropping on March 16th. And if you go sign up for Kickstart today, you will still get the discounted price, which is 30% off. It's not even, it's not even expensive in the first place. So let's just, let's just be clear with the discount. It will be how much? It'll be $20. Okay. And when it comes, when it's, when it's past the discount phase, it's like what? $30. $30. Yeah. Okay. So come on either way. It's very affordable and you should be just paying it anyways, because it's such a valuable organization. And this is really a nonprofit donation when you sign up for these things, folks. So it's not like it's, you know, you're, you're getting something in return, but you're supporting a great organization. And so tell me about kickstart. Okay. Well, remember how I said, we don't have steps. We don't. You know, and, and how when I came to MM, still I wanted somebody to say, yeah, but you should do this and then this and then this. So we kind of took that and said, you know, this is for people who feel like they need a little more direction. This is a month-long program and that we go through a, a schedule of tools and, and basically a, a schedule of what you should focus on in a month, first month in moderation. And so it starts off, you know, and we'll introduce a tool a day. We send a post out in the morning through email and it's a kind of an inspirational or educational. Uh, yours truly over there, Molly Watts, will be contributing <laughs> a weekly post of about brain uh, brain changes, what is it? brain lessons. That's brain right. Lessons. So we'll talk about how to, retrain your brain. So, and, and it, it has a daily tool, a daily task and a daily non-alcoholic drink suggestion or low alcoholic drink suggestion. Um, we have kickstart meetings twice a week. And this time we're having a book club that's going on at the same time. It's actually open to everybody in MM. Uh, we're going to be discussing the book Atomic Habits, but it will be going on at the same time with kickstart and then kickstart meeting will follow the book club. So book, uh, kickstart meetings twice a week, but, um, the first week we focus on basically establishing our baseline. Where are we? What, what We start tracking. We start being honest with ourselves about how much we drink. And we f- start figuring out how much we do drink. And, uh, and basically just getting comfortable with where we are and where we want to go. And uh, the second week we start being in the steps to reduce drinking uh, and, and what we can do, different tools to use for that. The third week we talk about triggers and uh, habits and uh, obstacles of all kinds, including our families that sometimes maybe want us to move faster or want us to abstain. And then the fourth week is how do we continue on this journey? So uh, it's, it's, it's a fun program. You know, it's kind of funny because people don't really think of recovery as being fun, but most people that come out of there do feel like they, they had some fun with it, that it's not heavy. It's not, uh, uh, it's a lot of information at once. Information is available for two months. Um, so it's, it's available. You can come to the website and read it at yeah. the month after too. Awesome. Perfect. Well, the link's going to be in the show notes, folks. So uh, www.moderation.org. Look for it right up at the top is a link to the Kickstart, uh, Kickstart program. Um, and it's, you know, 
and I should also say that lots of people repeat this kickstart. They do it. Mm-hmm. They do it multiple. We do it a couple of times, a few times a year, three times a year, two times a year, we do it three times a year. So three far. Times. Yeah. So, and, and lots of people like to rejoin and just refresh and get the group mentality and kind of just, you know, some people treat it as a, as a 30 day abstinence period, but it doesn't have to be that it just is really an, a way of resetting yourself, resetting your mind, really wrapping your, and, and really addressing the behavior for some people who are just starting out on this journey. It's a great opportunity just to get involved from the, from the beginning. Yes, it is. And, uh, uh, we will, as, as Molly said, we'll extend that early bird registration yeah. a couple of days so you guys can take advantage of it. Uh, we do appreciate it. And I just want to say we also, we are a nonprofit. We don't want anybody not to get join a kickstart because they don't uh, have the money for the requested donation right now. We have free coupons unlimited for anybody that needs uh, a free coupon. You just have to write me. There's instructions on the website and let me know. So if you need, if you need that free coupon folks, really just reach out to Mary and, and take advantage of kickstart, because this is a great opportunity to make strides with your relationship with alcohol. And at the end of the day, that's what moderation's here for. That's what I'm here for. We want to help you create a peaceful relationship with alcohol. And, um, so I appreciate it, Mary, I appreciate you coming on early in the morning and on video, (laughs) even though everybody else isn't going to get to see it. I get to see your smiling face and appreciate you taking the time. I think this is going to be really beneficial for folks. So uh, thank you again, Mary Hickey Reed. Thank you, Molly, for having me. And it's always a joy. So uh, uh, thanks. And it's not, it's not that early. I just don't get around very fast. (laughs) (laughs) It's Thanks, Molly. Thanks, Mary. Thank you for listening to the Alcohol Minimalist Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you change your drinking habits and to create a peaceful relationship with alcohol. Use something you learned in today's episode and apply it to your life this week. Transformation is possible. You have the power to change your relationship with alcohol now. For more information, please visit me at www.mollywatts.com.